Hey girl, welcome to the Empower Her podcast, where we are all about taking purpose-driven action toward building lives we really freaking love. My name's Keisha, and I'm a saucy 29-year-old who left the corporate world to go on to build a seven-figure online business. But most days, I still feel like I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm obsessed with the process of us getting to figure it out together. We've got epic guests, incredible stories, tips, and tricks to help us get out of our own way and unapologetically make some moves. So girlfriend, let's do the damn thing. Hey girl, I'm so excited for today's episode because we have on the show my very favorite person. I would say the MVP of my life, my boyfriend of over 10 years, Sina Getmary. He is a dentist, but also he's a cool, calm, collected, stable force behind my crazy who is articulate and well-spoken and funny and smart and humble and gracious and kind. And during this episode, you're going to hear us talk about significant other support, especially during transition stages. We talk a lot about conflict resolution, some tips and tangible takeaways that we think might be helpful for you, whether you're in a relationship or just trying to navigate friendship or different transition stages through being a 20 or 30 something. And we also talk about some ways that we map out our schedule to build a life that we really love. Of course, I'm biased. Sina is literally my favorite person, my roommate, my business partner, the person that I come to for everything. But I'm so excited to share with you a little bit more about our backstory, but also to give you just a deeper dive look into this guy's brain because it's so huge (laughs) and he's freaking awesome. So without further ado, I will turn the time over to Dr. Sina Getmary. Hello, Sina, and welcome to the show. All right. You know, I've heard a lot about the show and I'm just so (laughs) honored to be here with you. So I'm excited. We've got some good stuff going. I know. I'm actually so, so excited. I mean, I'm a little bit biased that you might be my favorite (laughs) guest yet, but honestly, I feel like we can add a lot of value to the audience in all seriousness in terms of our story and kind of some of the tangible stuff that we're going to talk about today. I'm just really excited. You look so cute. Okay. All right. So I'm glad we can make it work. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad our schedule's coordinated and you're in the other room. Yeah. Okay, so before we dive into some of the stuff that we're going to talk about in terms of like significant other support and conflict resolution and how we're kind of mapping out our life and really give some tips and tangible things to implement, uh, let's give them a little bit of backstory on your story and kind of our story and just like a high level overview. Let's take them from the beginning. From the beginning, for sure. Yeah, I know a lot of your audience probably knows a lot about your story, but as for me, um, I grew up in Seattle, just like uh, you did. And we didn't actually meet until college. So Keisha went to Western Washington University up in Bellingham. I went to University of Washington. I was up there visiting friends and we met each other at a house party and didn't really, um, you know, we'd see each other around. But I did what any other, you know, 20 year old would do at that time. And I started blowing you up on Facebook, you know, writing, up, writing on your wall, saying we should hang out kind of embarrassing when we look back at it now how many times I wrote on there and <laughs> you didn't respond I mean let's like set the scene as in we met each other at like house parties and like we didn't know each other but Sino is like yeah. a stage nine is it stage nine clinger no creeper you were just a creeper yeah you could say that you know I, ble- <laughs> I, I hit you up on Facebook but eventually you uh finally went on a date with me and uh here we are now but 10 years uh, later I know. So I graduated from University of Washington. You graduated from Western. Um, we moved back down to the same area. And um, I was pursuing dentistry at that time, uh, right after college. I knew I always wanted to go into the medical field. I also knew that in the future, I wanted to have um, a good family dynamic as well. And dentistry aligned with um, what I was looking for in the future. And so I wanted to not to interrupt you, babe, but like, I also do remember when we first started dating, when you were telling me why you wanted to be a dentist and I was like, Oh, yeah. this guy is so cute. And then you're like, yeah, I want to be in the medical field, but I also want to like be involved to coach like my future kids, like T-ball. I was like, sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> sign me up. Well, I think you thought it was weird that I liked teeth at first. Yeah, I did. I did. We I worked think- through that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So, <laughs> so after graduation, I'm working on getting into dental school and, you know, I had to apply a few times. So there's a whole, 
whole bunch of stories within that, which we'll get into later. And Keisha's working at a at her first corporate job um, in Bellevue, Washington. And from there, we fast forward. I get into NYU, New York City, and Keisha's always wanted to live there. So we just since sorry, I keep interrupting, but I have yeah. to just put in there. It's because of the Mary Kay and Ashley New York Minute movie that I always <laughs> wanted to live in New York. And I remember telling my parents when I was little, like, I'm going to live in New York. So when you applied to NYU, I was like, Sina, you better get into NYU. You better get in. I mean, same. That's the, that's the reason why I wanted to live there, too. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when I got in uh, at this time, we Keisha quit her corporate job in, in Seattle. We sold our cars. We literally just moved to New York with six six check bags, six suitcases and nothing else. So <laughs> we, we get to New York. This is back in 2014. We rented a place which costs craziness in New York city. Yeah. Um, we had to use the money from selling our cars for the first last month deposit. We literally sold we, like a Mazda. My Mazda three paid our first last da- and damage deposit, right? Like, yeah. And keep in mind, we've never lived together before this. We're yeah, just moving we were, across the country. We were dating for about five years at the point that we moved to New York and had never lived together. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so we wild. had no idea what we were signing up for there. <laughs> but we, uh, it starts off with an adventure when you take a red eye, get there, and the landlord isn't there to give us the key to move oh, in. Yeah. So I called them and they said, oh, just swing by our office. You know, it's all the way across town and we'll give you the key. But we had six suitcases with us so it's like Keisha <laughs> you stay here with the stuff outside our apartment and on the street corner <laughs> yeah you know first time in New York City on the street corner with six suitcases and I was like don't fall asleep because <laughs> she was tired like we're gonna get all our stuff stolen I'm thinking people are just gonna take all our stuff and we're you like you slept on the red eye and i watched like movies over and over again because i was freaking out about the fact that we were moving all the way across the country and you slept so i was really tired in my defense that's true so (laughs) i go get the key and i get back and what do you know Keisha's sleeping on top of the suitcases (laughs) like what are you doing (laughs) wake up (laughs) so we literally get into our apartment all we had was six suitcases and a mattress that we ordered and we're just dead tired in this 500 square foot apartment that had one window facing an alleyway, which cost more than our life savings pretty much at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, what are we doing? Like, we're crazy. Um, and, but it was the greatest decision I think we've had so far in our relationship. And Agreed. Uh, the greatest, greatest thing we've done is, uh, and we've learned a lot from it, which we'll get into, and uh, a lot of lessons and relationship um, progress was made a lot of ups and downs in that That's apartment for but, sure so at this point Keisha you're you're working at Google you're starting that job um you're building your business on the side which you started right before we left and I'm starting you know dental school which is pretty time to, time consuming it's demanding I haven't been in school for a few years so we're kind of getting used to to that flow again um but we're really starting to kind of settle into to New York uh we had a lot of role changes come up as far as you know our relationship dynamics, our financial dynamics with you were, you were essentially supporting us living in New York, working yeah. at Google for 50 hours a week, building your business on the side, pretty much doing anything you could to uh, provide for us, which you, you did. And I'm so thankful for, and, and you, you didn't show me how stressful it was at times when you were yeah. probably really stressed out. That's true. Um, so a lot, was, of, a lot of, I mean, that was a, actually, I mean, we'll get into that in a little bit more detail later. I know, but like, that was huge. Like that was a really big transition to go from you being able to, you know, you were bartending when we were in Seattle, applying to dental school where you had like cash, you know, yeah. and you were used to that to all of a sudden go into the situation of, okay, let's exhaust all of our like resources essentially to get us into this brand new place. And by the way, I'm not going to make any income for four years. Like that was wild. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, I've worked since I was 16, always had a job and it was a transition for me to, to not work. And then also have, you know, your girlfriend supporting you. It's kind of like an ego thing almost, or like a, a relationship role kind of switch. Yeah. Um, not that that's right or wrong. It's just kind of getting used to that. Totally. Um, so we'll get into that, I'm sure. Yeah. And so, you know, we're going, 
you know, we got in a flow. Keisha eventually leaves the corporate world. You, you pursue your business full time, which is taking off. It's awesome. Um, you know, I'm getting through dental school and then we get to about the third year and we start thinking, you know, we always knew we didn't want to live in New York, uh, after dental school. It was an awesome chapter of our life. Um, we, but we knew there was an end date and the most logical thing, you know, that made sense was we'd move back to Seattle. All our friends and family are there. We have a really awesome group of friends, really supportive family, um, big families that are all around. So we just figured we'd want to go back there and I'll find a practice and, you know, you'll continue building your business there. But it was that was oh, like the, I mean, babe, wouldn't you say that was the plan for the first like three years? Oh, for sure. I mean, it was just kind of assumed that's what we were going to do. And yeah. me being the, the logical one, and <laughs> you the free spirit, we still both agreed on that. And we kind of didn't really think anything of it. Yeah. There would be anything, there would be anything different, I guess. But then really in my in third year, we, I was, um, you were out of town and I went, and got um, dinner with one of my dental school friends. And he was thinking about moving to Texas. You know, he's from New York and he never thought he'd go anywhere else, but he was telling me how excited he was to go on an adventure there and, and work in Texas. And it got me thinking is, you know, we really liked Southern California and I really wanted to do it, go on another adventure really with you. And, um, you know, you got back from the trip and we went out to dinner that night and I mean, I think you remember this story pretty well, but I was like, <laughs> I want to move to Southern California. And you're like, what? I mean, I, you're the, I'm the logical one. You're the free spirit. So it's kind of weird that, you know, yeah. I was, I was bringing this up and I think you I, just about spit out your wine or yeah. what'd you do? <laughs> well, I remember like we were sitting at this Mediterranean restaurant and the server had just like, we had just poured us each a glass of wine. And you said that. And I was like, um, excuse me, can you come back? We're going to need a bottle because this is going to be yeah. a, a, really, <laughs> yeah. a long talk. <laughs> so we really talked about it and um, really agreed that we want to go on this adventure again and, and find a place we can maybe put roots down and, and really in a place that we really like. And we, set, we decided on San Diego eventually after going through a few places where we'd want to live and we love it here. We, we visited so many times and we always felt like it was a great place for us. Um, I know for you, there's a lot of entrepreneurs here, a lot of yeah. people to connect with, a lot of uh, people in the same space as you. Um, yep. So I knew it would be good for you. Um, I, got, I got really fortunate to find a job out here with a really awesome clinic, uh, really awesome uh, coworkers, boss. Um, so I, we came out here, I interviewed, had the job lined up before I graduated and we were set. We had the yeah. paper signed and, and we're, we're moving back to California or we're going to California, uh, back to the West coast. And, mm. you know, we had all our friends out and family for graduation. And then one of your best friends, Jackie stayed and, uh, we had the road trip across the country cause we have a dog now. Yeah. <laughs> that, Lizzie. So Poor Lizzie six, with her anxiety. <laughs> yeah. She can't fly. She's, uh, she gets too anxious. So, uh, we packed up, you know, six suitcases again, sold all our stuff. Uh, packed it in a rental minivan with a dog and, and three people and started driving out, out to California. And that was an adventure. And we had fun along the ways and, and finally made it here. And, and here we are. I feel like we should even just give a shout out to Jackie because I only drove like three hours of that road trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You weren't a very good uh, driver there. So. <laughs> and, and Jackie was the one that would like drive through the night and we would just rotate through. That was wild. Yeah, anyway. Jackie was a champ. Shout out to Jackie. Yeah, she, shout she out to really, Jackie. She really helped out on that. <laughs> so yeah, here we are. I know that was kind of kind of long winded, but it's been a you know here we are ten years later and really high level overview. But we've learned you know so much about each other and 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 that that time in New York really helped us grow. And it wasn't yeah. always pretty, but you know sure. we made it through. Yeah. So I feel like it's just really important to kind of set the stage with that. And for people to understand your story of the persistence of, you know, going through dental school or sorry, going through undergrad, getting a biochemistry degree, applying to dental school, not getting in, having to yeah. like pull yourself back up again. And I've just always been, you know, so inspired by you. And so just, I, I just admire you so much. Obviously we're, we're dating, but like as a person and as a best friend, because of your perseverance and your and your work ethic to make that happen. So 
Cheers. Yeah. I'm excited that you're on the show, Sina. Well, thank you. I couldn't have done it without you. You know that. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Okay. So let's, before we get all mushy-gushy, let's actually talk about some of the things that we want to break down for everyone. So the three main areas that we're going to talk about is significant other support. And we have a couple stories that we want to share. I know conflict resolution, which is something that we've really had to navigate through all of these transitions. And then of course, um, the questions that we got a lot when I posted about what people wanted to know from you on Instagram was a lot of like how we map out our schedule, how we nurture and build and grow our relationship over the course of the last 10 years through all the ups and downs. So we'll talk about habits and schedules. So first I want to talk about the significant other support. So I want to talk a lot about kind of how we have really started to navigate how to become more self-aware and figure out like what drives each other. Um, And then the second part of that is kind of the communication piece of all of this Mm -hmm. and how we've really built up this skill set to paint the picture for each other and break this down in a couple of different tips. So let's start with tip number one of like how we figured out how to understand what triggers and what motivates each other as we're pursuing our different paths. So. Sure. So yeah. really when, I, when uh, you say that, I think of when, uh, right after college, when you started working at that recruiting company yeah. um, and you had this really awesome job, awesome coworkers, um, you moved up really fast into the sales role. They were having, coming up with all these, these plans for you for long-term, giving you bigger clients, stuff like that. Right. And you came to me one day, um, and this is, in the, this is in the midst of me trying to get into dental school, kind of getting denied from dental school and how to, you know, kind of work through that. And you had this like plan laid out for you with this company and you yeah. come to me and you said, I want to quit. Like, what do you mean you want to quit? <laughs> like you t- you're just getting going and like they, they are like making all these plans for you and you have it kind of set up. Like we, we made it kind of thing. Like yeah. this is, this is this, me, my logical brain is, you know, I see this path that they laid out and you're going to go crush it in that path. Um, but you're like, no, I'm not, it just doesn't feel right. I have this gut feeling that it, it, I'm not making an impact on people. I'm not getting fulfilled. Yeah. And I just like, I was confused at the time because obviously I wasn't like mad at you or anything for it, but I was just like, didn't understand why. And I think what it really came down to is understanding uh, what your motivation is, what your driver is, uh, what gives you fulfillment. And this yeah. wasn't it. Um, you know, you're really searching to make an impact on people and and do good, which is kind of your personality in general. And you like, I want to work in nonprofit because that's helping people. And which is a, which is a logical um, assumption there. And I was like, okay, um, well, you're going to do it. You're going to quit anyway. So how can I, how can I help? So we, (laughs) you weren't going to convince me you knew that by that. That was was five years into dating, you know. Yeah. So you started looking at doing, working in nonprofits and kind of the, the roles that were available weren't really up your alley and uh, what you wanted to do. And, and yeah. I think, I think you realized before you even started, I think you got really close to starting at a company and you realized right before that that's not, that's not going to uh, fulfill you. Yeah. So I think the overarching lesson, you know, I really learned there is we need learning, um, being self-aware of what each person's motivated by, what they're driven by, uh, what gives them fulfillment, uh, knowing that it's okay, that it's different. Yeah. And knowing that you might not understand it at first, but we really worked through it. And I really did learn that you do want to make a, a significant impact on people. And, yeah. and if you're not in that type of role, you won't be, you won't be happy in that part of your life. Yeah. And that was, I mean, I think that's so important of like, I guess tip one would be honestly just self-awareness and understanding what drives each person in the relationship because mm-hmm. It was so confusing. I remember just like crying all the time and being like, Sina, what the heck is wrong with me? Like, why am I not happy? Because I looked at your path of dentistry that was like, okay, go to undergrad, get a biochemistry degree, apply to dental school, get into dental school, complete dental school, become a dentist. It just seemed so linear. And mm-hmm. I and you loved that that path was linear, even though it took you a little while to get into it, which we'll talk about. But for me, I thought, oh, well, if I have a path like that, then I'll feel happy. But because I had that path and I wasn't happy, I was like, what is wrong with me? But it's like you said, I just didn't understand that it was okay that my driver was just very different. Like I didn't value certainty. I valued mm-hmm. this like real like impact and fulfillment. And you really valued that certainty and that logical mm-hmm. plan 
and neither yeah. one's right or wrong. They're both great. And in fact, together, they're really helpful. <laughs> yeah, no. And that was the, the exactly what you just said. It was uh, knowing that they're different, being yeah. okay that they're different and knowing how you can support the other person for their motivation and their fulfillment that way. Yeah, absolutely. And then I guess to break it down to tip number two, I think there was a lot that came at the beginning of building my business. So kind of, you know, you gave an, an overarching view of this where basically I quit this job, kind of tried to figure out what I wanted to do next and had a little bit of hot mess express. Stage <laughs> in there. But then I did eventually, you know, find a job that I liked that made a lot of sense on paper, but I also found my coaching business and partnering with Beachbody on the side. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of people have questions around like when I first started building this business on the side, what was that like for you? And Mm. yeah, talk to us a little bit about that. So yeah, shortly after that, you, you found uh, Beachbody for personal reasons. You wanted to, um, you know, get in better, get better nutrition, better health overall. Um, You weren't feeling so great. So that's, that's started helping with you. And then you came to me and said, you know, I think I want to help others with this too. I'm like, okay. I mean, I don't really know anything about what's going on with it or what it is, but sure. Like if it makes you this happy and you think you can help others that way. And I know it was kind of a surprise to you as well, how much it fulfilled you. Right. So you started helping um, other people, you know, the way the business works, you know, getting into better shape, nutrition, feeling better about themselves. And you're sharing with me, I think the biggest thing is communication through this part is you're sharing with me how happy that made you and, and how fulfilling that was for you each step of the way. And with all that communication was, you know, me becoming more supportive of what you were doing. It was taking a lot of time um, at first for you, but I saw how happy it made you. And, and it was a fulfillment that I didn't see you have in any of your other roles, yeah. at, um, any of your other jobs that you had before. So it really, and me being self-aware of, of what you need and what I need, um, really saw that that was uh, fulfilling uh, what you were looking for yeah. at that time. Yeah, so the communication of it, which I realized looking back how that was really helpful where I would tell you like little tiny things along the way. And like you, mm-hmm. you've heard me get really frustrated when I have, you know, women either that I am coaching to build businesses or women that I'm connected with on social media or women that I'm just friends with in, in life that will say, I don't understand why my significant other, why my boyfriend, my husband, whatever isn't supportive. And my question is always like, well, like, what was the conversation like um, when you've talked to them? Like, how is the dialogue of you mm-hmm. explaining to them why this matters to you? And a lot of times they're getting frustrated by their significant other not supporting them, but they're not even talking to them about this. Right. Yeah, and- it's, it's all the communication piece there is when, when I was, when you were keeping me in the loop along the way, um, obviously there was more, there's frustrating times and there's hard times with anything that you're starting but you were keeping me in the loop with all the positive things you were getting from it as well. Um, Really made me feel kind of connected to what you're doing and and made it just easier for me to be supportive if I was in the loop there. Yeah, absolutely. I think so tip one being like understanding the drivers, tip Mm -hmm. two being like constant communication, not just expecting that one conversation is going to solve it. Yeah, exactly. And, And then tip three, I actually feel like this has been one of the most beneficial things that we've done in our relationship, which is kind of painting the picture for the other person that needs the picture painted for them of what this could turn into. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And looking back um, during that time, like I mentioned, when I didn't get into dental school the first round, I was feeling kind of defeated and, and kind of wanted to give up because that would be the easy way that'd be the easy way out, right? Like, well, I didn't get in, I'm going to give up, you know, kind of forget about all this stuff that I wanted to do. And I'll just yeah. find something else to do. And, and, you know, looking back now, that was just me trying to protect, you know, myself, from, you know, pain, essentially of, of being um, denied from something. So I, I'm telling you this, you know, maybe I should give up, maybe I should do something else. And then you sat with me and really said, you know, let's look at what it's going to look like if you don't pursue your dreams or what you want to do. And you really painted a picture of me in 10, 15 years uh, where looking back, I might regret uh, not pursuing dental school and really uh, finding a way to get in and pursue those dreams. And you really painted what that picture would look like in 15 years um, and how I might feel and, and showing me, you know, 
the alternate to, to what it would be like to give up essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I wasn't very articulate back then. <laughs> I mean, it, it came out, you're giving me a little more credit, I think, than I even deserve, but it came out very like, guess what, Tina? Well, if you don't do this, we're going to have a mortgage and kids by the time that we're 30. I was wrong about the timeline part of that. Yeah. Uh, but I do remember just, I knew that you were motivated because of what you mentioned at the beginning, you know, that we were self-aware enough to know what triggered each other and mm-hmm. what motivated each other that I knew you were motivated by achievement. And we talk Mm -hmm. a lot about like Enneagram, for example, Um, as an Enneagram three, you're an achiever, which means like you're very goal oriented. Mm -hmm. And I also knew um, that you were motivated by, by a negative experience. You didn't want negativity, right? You didn't want Mm -hmm. to have regret. You didn't want to paint things out. Like me painting things out in a way of like, look what could happen if you don't do it was so much more motivating for you than me painting a picture of like how great it could be. I was like, you're going to be in this stage and you're going to be so pissed at yourself and this is what it's going to look like. And you were so made motivated by not having pain, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's totally it. And when you painted it for me in that way, it really, it really connected with me. And that's all because we've worked on becoming self-aware of each other and, yeah. and knowing what the other person is uh, motivated by, what they, what they really want um, you know, in their life, essentially, and how they respond to things. So, um, it all kind of ties together of you really have to do that work to, to get to know each other and know what you want for yourself too. It's really hard when you think about it. You have to be honest with yourself on what kind of motivates you and nothing's right and wrong and nothing's no, not one way is better. Just, uh, having that ability to know, um, being self-aware essentially. Yeah. I mean, and you've done that for me so many times, but I always think about this and I talk about this when I'm talking with the women that I help build businesses is when we were in New York and I was working at Google and I was building my business on the side and I was so tired and I was, I was so motivated to want to build this, but I was so exhausted. And you were like, Kesh, Hey, you are pushing a monster truck tire up a hill right now and you are building momentum and this is tough and this is going to be hard, but I know that you can do this and think about how amazing it's going to be when you do, when you make a massive impact, when you change so many people's lives, like this is going to be worth it because you knew that I was motivated by pleasure of how good Mm -hmm. could it be? How, how big could this get? How much of an impact could this make? So Mm -hmm. even that right there, it's like you knew that I'm motivated by how good could it be? And I knew you were motivated by resisting pain or hardship. So that's been huge. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. So, okay. Let's move into the second section of this, which is I had a lot of questions that people wanted to talk about conflict resolution, especially because we've been (laughs) together for 10 years. We've been through so much in the last decade. My my favorite conflict resolution. But like, I mean, really, we've been together since I'm, I'm 29 now and we've been together since I was 19. Yeah. And so I feel like we have really learned how to navigate this. So let's give them a couple of tips around how we, how we do this. Okay, let's do it. So I think we should tell them about the great umbrella fight of 2015. <laughs> <laughs> this is oh, literally man. so embarrassing, but whatever. Just tell them. This, this was a doozy. <laughs> A doozy. That was such a dad word. Doozy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh man. So uh, we're in New York, living in 500 square feet for the first time together. And uh, as you can probably imagine, you run into some spatial issues of <laughs> learning Babe, how to be a roommate. Bathroom, babe. We had one bathroom. One bathroom. One window facing an alleyway, and like one big room <laughs> where the kitchen was right next to the bathroom. <laughs> so this was. Uh, one, you were traveling and you got back. Um, I think you're on the West coast and you went into the bathroom and I had shaved in the shower and (laughs) the, the shavings were on the the bathtub (laughs) floor and you stepped on it with your, as you say, freshly manicured or pedicured toes. They were, they were fresh. And, uh, we had a pretty significant fight over that. Oh, (laughs) what did you say? Yeah. So it essentially ended up, um, you know, you're really upset that it, the house was, wasn't as, uh, in great of order as you would like oh, uh, coming back so, from vacation. That was so PC of you. I yeah. got so pissed. I slammed the door so hard. We had a four floor walk up. So I like pounded my feet, like all the way down the stairs. Well, you were, le- you were leaving for Google. 
So yeah. you you got mad, slammed the door, which is like a heavy door too. It wasn't even like, <laughs> I think you broke it. Didn't the hinge come off? Yeah, the hinge yeah. was messed up. <laughs> yeah. So you slammed the door and I'm just like, you know, in awe and shock. <laughs> like, okay, well, I need to go to school. So I start brushing my teeth and I hear like steps coming back. And then the door opens and I hear it from the bathroom and I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> she was she's not done yet <laughs> oh boy what did what did she miss you know and you come up and you go what'd you say it's raining outside i need my umbrella <laughs> so what i'm thinking I was is having you went, a really good hair day like you know to the girl listening to this you know when you spend all the time like curled your hair you teased it it's like looking amazing you get downstairs even though you're pissed and it's pouring down rain and you're just going to totally yeah. scrub your hair and you, I mean, I know for you, looking back now, you're probably like, oh, crap. Now I got to walk back upstairs, go inside. Oh, get, yeah, for sure. Get the umbrella and still act like I'm pissed. Yeah, <laughs> right? that's true. You don't want, yeah. I wasn't going to cave. I'm stubborn. I wasn't going to cave. Yeah. So you come back up, get the umbrella, and leave again. And um, I think now we, we look back and it, it's funny. And, and we obviously, you know, joke about it now with the umbrella fight. But I think we learned a lot from there. I think the the biggest thing was this was when we were, you know, this was in the first six months of us living there. We had different roles now as as partners that we didn't have before. You know, back when we were living in Seattle, we lived with separately with friends, right? You lived mm-hmm. with girls, I lived with guys. So really we had a uh, boyfriend-girlfriend dynamic for us, kind yeah. of role that we took on. But now living in, in New York in a tiny apartment we are roommates we're dating we're best friends and we're also like in a way business partners with you starting um your business and you know me in dental school and you working at google as well it's a lot of these dynamics have changed yeah and what we really had to do i think the lesson there was um when there's a conflict is what is it really about what you know it's not the shavings on the on the uh, tub obviously that's annoying but where is that stemming from what was what was the issue and we really had to talk through that which we did um that night uh why did it make you so mad and i think you can attest to this is it was about the different roles and i wasn't fulfilling the roommate role i guess yeah. at that point yeah i mean yeah. absolutely and i think it's just listening to what the actual underlying issue is and that's really difficult to do in the moment, but that's something that we've gotten really good at through different stages. Like obviously the great umbrella fight of 2015, but everything that happens where it's like, you know, being able to say, okay, what's the, like, what's happening? Is it about the towel on the ground or the boxers by the shower or the wrapper on the counter? I just use all your, (laughs) (laughs) you know, is it about, is it about the thing or is there something else going on underneath? And it's always something else going on underneath. Right. But like listening and waiting to hear what is the actual root and seeking to Mm -hmm. understand that. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's hard to do in the moment when, when tensions are high and, and you're, you start bringing up, you know, everything under the sun that, you know, is, you know, we do that as, you know, I do it too. And you start picking at things that aren't really, don't really matter that much, but it's when it's the underlying um, issue, you know, it's really learning how to, how can we find that out together without having to, you know, tear each other apart. And, and we've, you know, we've had our ups and downs with that, but we're really learning how to find that um, underlying issue and how we can fix it. Yeah. And I think that's with kind of, so to put that in a tip, it's like tip number one is listening to understand what the actual issue is. And then tip number two would be acknowledging it, even if you don't quite get it or agree with it. And seeing mm-hmm. this like time and time again is something that I so deeply admire about you. And I try to be more like you in this way because I, this is not, it just doesn't come as easy to me as it does, I think, to you. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely hard. Um, but there's times where I, you know, I have to say, I I'm listening to you. I get that, but I don't get it at the same time. And I haven't fully understood why you're upset. And even just kind of acknowledging that, uh, I'm trying to understand, but I just don't get it at this point. Um, how can we find a way for you to maybe explain it better or explain it differently so that I can really understand why you're upset? What is the root of this and how can we avoid that kind of in the future? Yeah. Um, and, and I think you're really good at acknowledging like 
the, the verbiage of like, I see you, I hear you, I understand that you're upset and you have every right to be upset, but mm-hmm. I can't put myself fully in your shoes because I'm not in your role. And that type of language has been so powerful for me as someone who has a shorter fuse than you. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely more <laughs> emotional than you are. Um, and I'm quick to like make a snappy comment versus you're so much more, you know, articulate and calm mannered and even keeled, I guess. Is that the word? Keeled? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Whatever. But the point is, I think that one thing that has been really helpful for us is like really trying to put ourselves in the other person's shoes, but actually acknowledging that we really can't. Right. So yeah. you saying, Cage, like, I hear that you're frustrated. I'm, I'm guessing that there's an underlying issue here that we can find, but I want to just, you just to know that I'm hearing you. Yeah, exactly. Even just that can de-escalate, you know, the situation to a point where we can really sit down and just have a, a good, you know, talk about it without having emotions, you know, so high that it's hard to really figure out the issue there. Yeah. Um, and Absolutely. it's just showing effort that I'm trying to understand. I just don't yet. And that's okay. Yep. Um, you know, you're not going to understand everything about the other person's uh, emotions at that time right away. It takes time sometimes depending on the issue or what, what it really is that you're trying to work on. Yeah. And, um, everything takes a different amount of time and it's different for every couple, every person. Um, so just, just understanding that, but really making an effort to try to get to know why they're upset and acknowledge it. Totally. And I mean, we're signing up for, I mean, for the person listening to this, that is in a relationship, number one, we're not relationship counselors or certified in anything to talk about this, except for to share, like, this has really worked for us over the last decade during Mm -hmm. 19 to 29 is a really weird stage and moving across the country twice. And kind of some of the things that we've had to navigate with me building a business through social media, that's pretty public. You, you know, almost throwing in the towel and becoming a dentist and all of these different dynamics. So Mm -hmm. Tip one of listening to what the underlying issue is. Tip two of acknowledging the person, even if you don't quite understand it. And tip three, this is like the secret sauce of creating the space, right? Yeah, absolutely. And everyone needs different space. So for example, I'm someone that needs to, to process logically through something and it takes me a little more time. Um, I'm also not as open as I, I would like to be with you right away about an issue. I'll always bring it up later. Yeah. And, and when I've thought about how I want to say it and, and think about it critically and is, does it really bother me? How do I want to fix it? Um, whereas for you, you like to essentially word vomit everything out and then work <laughs> through it there. Yeah. So it's, it's really learning, you know, creating that space of what the other person needs to get it out. And I think if we could find a balance between both of us, uh, you know, where we can be, I can be more open right away with it. And maybe you could not word vomit everything. We can kind of <laughs> logically think. <laughs> <laughs> logically think about it you know if we can find a place in the middle that'd be great but if not just understanding you know how the other person likes to react to those situations and creating that space yeah um, to let them and yeah. you know you're you're in a relationship it's gonna you're gonna have disagreements and and different opinions on things but it's just you know building those skills to how do you handle it and you know we're still working on it i mean there's lots oh, of things yeah. we still work on and we can still improve in a lot of aspects um, it, it's going to be so fun when this is like the Enneagram seven of me that I just thought about, like when we're like, you know, 95 in our wheelchairs and I'm like word bombing over <laughs> you and you're like, all right, babe, slow down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Rolling around in our wheelchairs, you'll be flying. <laughs> I love it. Okay. That's really helpful though. And I think, um, just like one, I guess, tip underneath that is like, if you know, like we talked about in the first section of supporting significant others of like, if you know what that person needs, like, you know that I need to verbally process, right? Mm-hmm. And I think most women are like that where they need to verbally process. Mm-hmm. And when you can make that person feel heard, even if you don't understand and let me just kind of get it out, then we can kind of sort through it, right? Like just literally word vomit because it's so graphic to say it that way, but like <laughs> literally vomit and then like kind of <laughs> sort through it. And then for you, it's like, you tell me something and I'm going to ask you more, right? I'm yeah. not the type of person that's just going to settle with you being like, yeah, no, everything's fine. I would be like, okay, well, how do you feel about that? And then I'm <laughs> going to ask why. And then I'm going to ask why. And then I'm going to ask why. That's probably why your podcast is blowing up. You're so good at uh, getting information out of Aww, people. Thank you. Thank you, babe. <laughs> um, okay, let's move into the final section here of kind of how we map out 
our life and our habits to create this life that we're super excited about. Um, if there's anything that we can give to people that we feel like is working really well for us, let's talk about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that we started uh, probably back when we moved to New York was mapping out kind of our weeks and kind of what we need to do. Yeah. So for example, with me being in school, I had a lot, I had a lot of commitments with dif- at different times of the day, different days of the week. We have different um, classes and things I had to be at. You're working yeah. at Google uh, 50 hours a week. You also had like meetings and after work events you had to go to, plus you're building Beachbody. So really what we, we started by on, on Sunday nights, we kind of planned the week. You know, what do you have planned? What do I have planned? And then how can we plan something for the both of us to do, right? Like yeah. we know that we need to have a date night um, somewhere on the books um, that, that we have scheduled. Yep. And if we can make it the same night every week, great. If most likely that's not the case when we're in yeah. that season, um, we got to we got to switch it around and figure out a time that we can have that. Even if it's just going to have, you know, getting dinner and eating in the park or um, just doing something that's planned out ahead of time. Yeah. Um, that was big. I know that we, we had to map out um, like girl and guy time. Like you need time to hang out with girls and I need time to, to, you know, hang out with guys as well to be fully fulfilled. Right. You yep. can't just go through, you know, just working and, and us hanging out. We need to also have like our individual friends as well. Um, yep. We do have a lot of friends in groups, but we also should have alone time in that sense as well. Um, and then we also know we need, you know, unplugged time and alone time personally. So yep. whether that's, you go to a workout class, you hang, you read a book in, in the, you know, at home or in the park, something um, to map out what we need. Yep. Um, so that really started back in, in New York. And we've kind of carried that through where we really look at the week and see what we have planned out. And we continually talk about it. And I know we uh, chat about it a lot um, yeah. just because we want to keep, keep up with, you know, what the other person doing and their, their schedule so we can do everything um, that we want to plan. And be fulfilled in the process, which I think has been huge for us. And I, this is why I've done other podcast episodes about making a game plan of like scheduling your priorities where it's like, we have both been very intentional about us as individuals being our number one priority, which Mm -hmm. is controversial for some people. And yes, we don't have kids yet, but still we have really committed to like, we are responsible for ourselves. Secondly comes our relationship. Third comes our careers. Fourth comes everything else, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's just kind of built in us now. I feel like it's it's a habit of we just do it without even thinking about it. But it took a while to kind of get to that point. Yeah. So mapping it out proactively and then actually committing to the schedule. Because if it's not in your calendar, you're not going to do it. Because life gets too crazy. And then it's like, shoot, a week went by. Like, can you imagine what would happen if we didn't have that unplugged? time while I was building a business and working full time and you were in school, if we didn't have that unplugged date night, like our relationship, I don't know if we would have made it. No. Yeah. I totally agree. And, um, it's just something that we still do to this day. I and mean, we're still just as busy. It's just different now. Yep. And now it's like being in a new city of being really intentional of like, we know that I need to make and maintain and build friendships with girls that are outside of, you know, our, de- like our relationship of like significant other time. And you need that with guys. And so it's like, we're looking at our week and being like, okay, we need to get something on the calendar for you to be with just guys, for me to be with just girls, for us to be together, for us to be unplugged, like just being really intentional. Okay. We could, we could go on about that forever. So let's move to number two. I had so many DMs on Instagram about how I got you on board with the health and fitness journey. Um, especially for um, coaches or people that are just, you know, women that are wanting their significant others to work out with them. I got this question so much. And yeah, I want to hear your take on it. So I think um, <laughs> the, the biggest thing was you didn't really force me to yeah. do it with you. You really showed me kind of what you're doing, um, how good you could feel and sharing that journey along the way. And for me, I was seeing it firsthand and I was like, wait, maybe I should join along. And I know at first I wasn't fully on board. You know, I would work out with you sometimes, but then not really. You yeah. would always commit. Like you always worked out in the morning, yeah. And I would, I would sometimes do that, yep. And I would, I would kind of eat right and kind of, you know, care about my nutrition. And but over time, that kind of built. When I see you, you were so consistent with it, and you weren't even forcing me. I think that was the biggest thing. Is you know, this is you can do this with me or not. 
Um, but I'm going to do it and I feel great and it's working for me. And then over time, it just kind of evolved and it's become kind of part of our life. I do. I enjoy working out with you in the morning, kind of our time together, especially when we're so busy. Yeah. Uh, you know, me being, you know, starting my first job as a dentist, you know, super busy. Um, your business here, the podcast, you're really busy. So that time in the morning has really grown to be kind of our time. Yeah. Um, and it's not like it's forced, you know, I enjoy working out and enjoy spending time with you. So it's really evolved over time. There's no one thing that you can convince someone to do or not do. Um, yeah. Cause at the end they won't do it consistently if they don't believe um, they want it. Yep. So yeah. true. I mean, I don't even really have anything to add except for that. I did try at first. Remember like I was really, yeah. I'm like, Oh, are you just going to eat that bagel again and not work <laughs> out? And like, Hey, I- <laughs> New York city bagels are next level. Okay. okay? <laughs> we don't live they, in New York anymore. <laughs> I know. So I haven't had a bagel since, but they are, they, if you haven't had a New York bagel, get yourself one. Okay. It's get good. yourself one if you're in New York. But yeah. the point is like the nagging thing didn't work. I, like yeah. It was almost like a trial and error where I tried like being really annoying to you of like, why aren't you doing this? Like, oh, you, you're just going to not work out with me again. And you weren't even responding to it. You're like, no, I'm not. And I was like, well, yeah. this didn't work. So I guess I better try something else because I know that insanity is literally trying the same thing over and over to, over again and trying to get different results. So yeah. I just was like, screw it. I'm just going to do me. And I think you wanted to get on board this energy train, babe. <laughs> that that's it. You pop <laughs> you you pop out of bed so fast, and you're like zero to hundred yep. real quick every damn day. People actually ask me that. So I guess why I have you on before we move to tip number three is people are like, is Keisha like actually like that? Hundred percent. Right at six. <laughs> right at five thirty when the alarm goes off, she is out of bed, ready to go. And, and, and who who can we credit? Can we credit my girl Mel to this? <laughs> I think we could say it was Mel, but I think it's kind of, you're kind of built like that too. That's true. So. Mel, Mel Robbins with the five second rule. She talks about launching yourself out of bed like a rocket ship, counting down five, four, three, two, one, and then launching. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure uh, you had that, you had the podcast of the morning routine and you yeah. go way into depth with that, but uh, that's a whole nother episode. Yep. So true. Okay. And then the last part in terms of mapping out our life and habits, I think really is we actually unplug, right? Nightly walks every night. Yeah. I get home from work, you know, some nights eight o'clock, nine o'clock, but we always do a nightly walk with our dog, take her out. We have one, we have a loop that we do here. Um, It's, we don't take our phones. We just, we just recap kind of the day and um, and map out the next few days. Uh, it's a good way for us. It works for us to kind of, um, you know, cause the days are so crazy and, and, you know, especially with my work and then like what you're doing every day to kind of just kind of close that chapter for the day, let fill the other person in. Um, cause we don't really talk during the day, um, through text and stuff because I'm, uh, I'm not able to. Uh, yeah. so we kind of fill each other in at night so that we feel connected in that sense. Um, and then kind of plan the next few days and the week. Um, and we constantly talking about it and, and keeping each other in the loop. Yep, absolutely. And I think a lot of times, like, I mean, we do not take our phones out at date night because it's a slippery slope. You start doing it once, then it becomes like extra things like that. You're like, oh, well, I'll just check this real quick. I'll just check this real quick. And then all of a sudden it's like, we're not having unplugged time. Right. Yeah. So, and I, I know for you, you, your life, our life is so um, public on social media right. um, that there's times where you have to kind of, you know, you like to share the journey and everything, but you're really good at when we're at the dinner table, you don't pull your phone out. And yep. we, ju- we just set these boundaries um, like that and, and yep. gotten really, we've just practiced it so long that it's just become habit. Yep. It's exactly. That's what anything is though, right? Like we've just done it for so long that it's just, we, I will take a picture and then I'll put my phone away. And I'll mm-hmm. post it later, right? Or yeah. like, it's just, we're so good at that, that a lot of times people think that if you're building a business on social media, that you're going to have to constantly be on your phone. But I think mm-hmm. out of everyone that I know, I'm the least on my phone of every single friend that I have, yet I'm building a business on social media. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's because of those boundaries that you've, you've set. And-, and, and you've set too. Like, I mean, you do the yeah. same thing. So yeah. love it. Um, people are going to like come find you on Instagram and they're going to expect that you're posting all the time, but they're going to see yeah. you post once, once every three months. Go follow the, Cena G on Instagram. The, the Instagram game's a work in progress there. <laughs> It'll, uh, I'm just trying to keep up with you. 
<laughs> I love you. Okay, so the final, I'm going to ask you the final questions that I ask everyone. You know, because oh, we listen to it all the dang time. My favorite podcast. I know the <laughs> question's coming. <laughs> <laughs> that um, we have a Spotify playlist for this podcast, Tina. And I would really like to know what is one of your songs that you would like to put on the Empower Her Pump Up Jams playlist. Man, you know, I, I heard this question was coming and I really had to think <laughs> about it. But I think I have to go with my boy, Jay-Z, Third Off Your Shoulder. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. So good. He's my, he's my boy. We did see Beyonce and Jay-Z in concert and like, I mean, it was amazing. Wouldn't I mean, you say? it was, I mean, yeah, he's the best. Yeah. And then she's pretty good, but he's, he's the best. She, I mean, she runs the show and he's, he's there too. So anyway, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Conflict resolution. No, I'm just kidding. So yeah. the final, um, of course, if anyone wanted to connect with you, I had normally ask guests where they can find you. They can go follow you on Instagram. Maybe you'll be stepping up your Instagram game. Maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. It's just Cena G on Instagram. And then the final, any final little tidbit that you want to leave the guests with today? Um, yeah, I think I would just say the, what's worked for us is we continually work on our relationship, I feel like. And we find better ways to, to improve, to communicate, and just realize it's going to be hard sometimes. And, you know, the, the balance between the other person's going through a harder time than the other um, is the work in progress. And you have to really um, give it its time and its space to, to work and um, don't give up and, and just can know that there's no place where it gets comfortable. You're always going to have to work on it and enjoy the time. And, and even the tough times, try to work through it and, and look back and see what you learn from it and just keep getting better. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. Thank yeah. you babe, for well, being here. I, I'm proud of you for this podcast and having me on and so excited and uh, I love watching what you do. Thank you, babe. All right. Until next time, everyone. See you later. Wonderful day. Take us, let us know what you think and let's just blow up Cena's Instagram. Maybe we can get him on board. (laughs) All right. Love you. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode, I would so appreciate it if you share with your girlfriends or better yet, post it on Instagram stories and tag me. Then I can personally say thank you for helping me get this message out there. And if you didn't vibe with it, just keep that to yourself. I'm kind of new here. Still trying to figure it all out. Talk to you soon, girl.